In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Good morning, Cleveland. We're back. We've traded up. We've made another pick. And uh, it's Jeremiah Awusa Koromoa. How did I do in? How was it? Not not too bad. Uh, We'll just call him J-O-K. Make it even better so you don't have to say Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa all that much and fast. Uh, Jack, I I would say this this pick is uh, pretty well regarded amongst Browns fans, huh? It ticks all the boxes. So um, it, it, it's going to leave a lot of questions until we start seeing games of, hey, where's he slot? Um, there's debate on the linebacker versus the safety, strong safety angle. Yeah, the Browns have come out and said we view him as a linebacker, but I take all that with a pinch of salt because there's lots of these people, they talk about them, oh, it's a, uh, it's a coverage linebacker, it's a nickel linebacker, it's a dime linebacker. And when someone says a dime linebacker, for me, that, that's just a strong safety. I don't consider a dime linebacker to actually be a linebacker. So um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see where he actually lines up. Yeah, so I will say we're talking guardrails again, right? We're talking about a guy, twenty. What he'll be under 22 at the time of the first first game. Yeah, We still have not drafted anyone uh, under six foot. No, so uh, uh, hitting boom, boom, boom. So if we look at JOK, it'll be 21.9 come week one of the season. He is 6014. Six, he's six foot one, 221 pounds. So that's six foot one inch. And the four then is he's just under a half. Yeah. And if we look then to the relative athletic score, if we compare him for a strong safety, that's a 9.89. So literally top of um, all strong safeties ever. Yeah, no, I think we talked. So here's the thing. Bony people will remember that we talked about JOK as a safety. And mainly because in if the Browns did take him, which we thought would be a first round pick, he would play the safety. We'll call him that hybrid role, right? Because a lot of people know that there's the rover, the star. There's a lot of these different, you know, terms that are used to describe his position. I would say you're looking at kind of a chess piece, you know, where one you could use in a lot of different versatile roles, but he could play a little weak side linebacker. If you go to that, the only problem is, is, is he going to stay at that playing weight of six, one, two You know, we kind of did the comparison that he was a um, pretty much Ronnie Harrison. So we can get a little bit into that, but real quick, Jack, what do you think of the trade to come up and get JOK? Yeah, so I, I don't mind this trade because people obviously know, hey, if you've listened to me, I don't like trading up. The main reason I don't like trading up is because usually what happens is you're giving up two picks or one pick. So say you were giving up pick 59 and 110 and then you're getting pick 45. You've given up two options in the top 110 picks for one option. And that's what I don't like because... Quite frankly, we know all teams are bad at drafting. Absolutely every single one of them. How do you feel about this draft pick at a time? 
there's no evidence saying, yeah, this is definitely a, a, a hit. Um, but this one's different. So what they effectively said is, hey, we want to go up seven picks in round two, but then we're going to drop out of um, round three at 91 and get pick, is it 105? 113. 113. 113. So it's like seven up here for 20 five back later so that's ideal moving up seven to move back 24 yeah it's pick swap so pick swaps are fine um if you look at pick swaps and when there's players involved whoever um gets the player wins the deal um if you're changing two picks for one the team getting the two picks wins about 95 percent of the time roughly but this is very different and it's a smart one Uh, all the analytical trade people saying hey it's just a balanced, fair deal. There's no real winner in it, which is exactly what you want. Yeah, and if you also remember, the Browns do have pick 91. So they traded 89, but they do have the pick two right after that. So it's like if they do have a player in that bubble, that they'll be able to then, you know, make sure that they uh, they still get a player in there. You know, I did find a little bit odd that the, um, that Carolina used the pick from Cleveland to take Terrence Marshall, obviously the wide receiver out of LSU, um, there really wasn't anybody in between the JOK and Marshall that when you take a look there, I know Tutu Atwell and Dwayne Eskridge went there. Um, but you know, JOK, you know, taking, I think, uh, Matt Miller, I think was to put it out there and said, why was he still on the board at 52? And why did the, you know, why would the Browns say we're going to do a pick swap, you know, and move up a few spits? Cause actually I think it's a win for Carolina as well. And it was because he is a scheme fit for probably what five or six teams across the NFL. So you, that's one of the reasons the Browns looked at him so hard was because that hybrid linebacker safety role isn't utilized in a lot of defenses, you know? So in this case, this guy, I'll just read a little piece here from uh, Dane Brugler's guide about him. Owusu Koromoa has remarkable speed and closing burst to blitz mirror and cover carrying tight ends or wide receivers across the field. He creates explosive force as a tackler, but needs continued work with his finishing skills and play recognition. Overall, Owusu Kormo will have his share of undisciplined plays, but his one-step explosion, playmaking range, and intelligence gives uh, give his coaches flexibility to deploy him at linebacker, safety, or nickel. He projects as a high-ceiling chess piece defender. And at 52, I think even the pick swap, which makes Andrew Barry just look like more and more of a genius for doing this, I mean, this is a guy that doesn't have to come in and start right away, but can contribute. And for Andrew Barry to pull this out of this rabbit out of his hat that far into the second round, I mean, I think you both, you and I said, we didn't think he was going to make it out of the first 10 picks of the second round. And he was still on the board of 52. So we, you know, in the past, I felt like the Browns and the GMs, no matter who they were, were always chasing the draft. We were always chasing the pick. And we never really took a guy where it felt like a sweet spot value. I think John Dorsey was the first GM I felt got some value out of his picks. I know you'll disagree there, but this is a guy who I just think Andrew Barry is just doing what Andrew Barry does. And that's dominate. And for the record, I'd like you to know that Benjamin St. Juice, my guy out of Minnesota just got drafted for the record. Um, but yeah, the interesting thing, we look at PFF, we know PFF and um, the Browns front office are two very in-step organizations. Um, Greg Newsom, 20th best player according to PFF. JOK, 19th best player according to PFF. So um, we actually went up, which is insane. 
Um, but they went there and got talent. And if, if you were going to guess, yeah, he's going to need to earn his spot. So he's going to come in and he's obviously going to play special team snaps. And then you're going to say to him, hey, if you want to be out there when we're playing three linebackers or when we're even in nickel, so you're going to play Will, most likely, um, so weak side linebacker. Um, and then when we go to dime, at the moment it will start off. So he's fighting Malcolm Smith for the linebacker snaps. And then he, he would be up against Ronnie Harrison. Obviously, we discussed yesterday on the podcast about Ronnie Harrison. Um, obviously, joined Drew, Drew Rosenhaus as his agent. So it probably puts him on notice that this is his final year as the Browns. Um, will Joe, okay, he, he, they, they might play him and be like, actually, you fit better as a strong safety um, they'll get that feeling for him in camp because they can do lots of different stuff with him, but he's going to slot in somewhere, especially if they want him to start. It's okay being sort of a completely hybrid player when you're a rotational piece. It's really, really useful. If you then move into that starting and you're playing over 60% of snaps, you probably end up start becoming featured somewhere. So um, they'll bounce him around and find some places, but it's, it's an exciting, exciting addition. Um, and leaves him in a really, really good spot. Yeah, and hopefully, if you're looking for kind of what we can hope he evolves to, if you look up in Seattle and see kind of what they do with uh, Jamal Adams, where, you know, this is a guy who struggles in coverage, but is used mainly around the box in pass rushing situations and run stopping, but plays it from that safety position. I think you're looking at JOK to hopefully be a little bit, you know, better in coverage than, um, than Jamal Adams, but probably lacks a little bit of the explosionness um, explosiveness that, uh, that Jamal Adams does. So I think that's kind of the role he's going to play. But again, it's nice knowing come day one, we have a little insurance policy for Ronnie Harrison, who's, you know, had a little bit of trouble staying healthy. Yeah. So second highest slot coverage grade, according to in the FBS in 2020, according to PFF, is JOK. So uh, certainly really good slot coverage grade, which uh, is really impressive. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it, I'm, I'm really excited to how they go ahead and use him. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see yeah, how, how it shakes out. Um, he, he doesn't seem like he's going to be a, a, a dime sort of linebacker out there by himself as one linebacker sets, but he's someone that you can just, without a substitution, say you're up in, um, what's it called, no huddle defense because you're up against someone else. You can easily flip him around and be like, right, we, we need you to, to go be a, a linebacker on this snap. We, we need you to be a strong safety on this snap. Um, it just gives them loads of options. And the more options and more talent we give to Woods, we'll f- finally see what Joe Woods can do. So this is a year to judge Joe Woods. And if, if he hasn't got it, then we can get rid of Joe Woods. We're not tied or married to him, but you can't judge him on what happened in 2020. Yeah, hundred percent. I think, like I said, we're going to let con- uh, Cleveland continue to buzz about this pick. Um, where do you think they're leaning for round three? You think there's a position? I think this is where the wide out maybe comes because I'm going to count JOK as a safety. So I'm going to say we got corner safety. I'm, I'm cutting this bit, mate, because when this drops, people will have already know that. So okay, can just we can pop out. So uh, we'll wrap up with the end bit. So. Thank you very much for listening, guys. Um, we'll be dropping a podcast very soon. Hopefully, what we do with our next pick. Right around the corner. See who's out there. Go Browns. Go Browns.